1: The dope black woman podcast the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood i'm leanne levos i'm Rashan. You can call me Shan. i'm liv this week we're speaking with actress and comedian andy osho about her new book asking for a friend
2: hey andy how are you really good thank you yeah just uh here enjoying the typically british weather a bit of rain a bit of sunshine all in one day
1: Is it not snowing there? I thought, for some reason, I thought it had been snowing. Oh, yeah, we've done
2: that. We've done that. We've moved
1: on now. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So, Andy, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. No worries. Really excited to talk to you about everything that you've been doing and kind of just hearing more about your story and how you came to do all of the things that you do we were just talking about before that you actually wear many hats I was saying to you before that you're probably the first comedian that we've had on the podcast but you do wear many other hats so do you want to kind of introduce yourself and kind of tell people what it is that you do the different hats that you wear
2: yeah okay so well I mean I I started as an actor well I didn't start as an actor I I had a job in post-production for years and then I was like I've had enough of that That's when I, you know, moved into acting and then stand up came after that. And then a bit of filmmaking and went back to acting. And now I've written a book and then also doing a podcast. I just like trying stuff. You know, I'm one of those people that's kind of like, oh, that looks that looks like fun. How hard could it be? And then I start doing it and realize
1: that it's actually really hard. (laughs) And is there something that you love particularly more than anything else? Like what do you, what's your,
2: you know, every, I think every discipline's got its like its pitfalls and its pleasures. So there's always something about acting that I hate. Like for example, auditions, I kind of have never really, well, actually when I started, I used to enjoy them, but like as, as time went on, I just kind of, sometimes I get a bit um, resigned, you know, so that kind of that side of it, I don't love so much, but doing the job, And the people that you meet and the types of material that you get to work on, all that I love. So do you know what I mean? Like as you move through different um, disciplines, different parts of it light you up and different parts of it, you're just like, I could do without that.
3: Have you found that um, being a black woman has a massive impact on your audition experience? Like have you... Ever encountered like box ticking exercises or stereotypes? Like, what's it been like, basically, from your perspective?
2: You know, it's it it, to be honest. To be fair to the industry, it's a really mixed bag because I think for I'm probably I each of us who who's sort of brown basically in the industry is going to have very individualized experiences. But there are some generalized things like some things I've noticed like. If a character is a parent and they've got kids who are sort of, you know, somewhere between the teens and the early twenties, the parents always seem to have an accent. They always seem to be second generation. But I know so many people that aren't. It's just like, and and I don't know. I think maybe sometimes casting directors might think I'm being a bit difficult when I challenge this. And um, you know, I've had like sort of I challenged it in the in the casting room kind of thing. Like it's like just why 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 does this woman have an Nigerian accent? She's she's my age. Do you know what I mean? So, what 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 does it add to the character? What what you what do you think this is giving the character or the story that she's first generation rather than second generation, as I am? Um, so so things like that. But then you know. Um, I was going to say, but there's so many, you know, you get offered so many different types of roles, but that's not actually progress, really, given that our white counterparts are already being offered all those sorts of things. So all I can say really is it's gotten better. And I feel for people who are the generation before me in terms of actors and comedians as well, actually, of like what was available to them, because it it really was the sort of Stephen Kamos one in, one out type of thing, you know, and he was saying that he's waiting for Lenny Henry to die before he gets an opportunity. It felt like that, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I've, I've sort of straddled the the two like as we've had this like wave of like you know diversity and inclusion and stuff like that I've kind of benefited more from that but I'm not benefiting from access to the industry in the way my
1: white counterparts are if that makes sense in a more diverse sort of way you mean in terms of telling a broader range of stories or representing a broader range of stories
2: yeah I mean sometimes I look at the roles that I go up for and like I so I look at the roles that I've done and th- think about how many of those are related to my race. You know how like how often do I get to play just a woman who happens to be black rather than oh no it's a Nigerian woman. So these are you know this is a narrow band of women that we can only cast in this role. So it's all right now I've got a chance because you you know you're looking for a forty something Nigerian woman. But what if you were just looking for a woman who's a lawyer? Suddenly my chances go way down. So so but but that I mean I don't. I don't, I don't like to dwell in the, the issues. I like to sort of just speak positively about what we can do to keep changing, spe- speak, you know, c- to can you continue to advocate for the changes that we need to see and just keep doing my thing. Because otherwise, it's that thing of like, if you think about the injustices, you'd be angry all the time. Uh, so, so I just try, look, I'm just trying to work here, okay? And I'll speak up when I need to speak up and i just
1: carry on working as well. People identify with their background maybe sometimes more than they identify as being british would you say that that's true
2: for me it's kind of it's definitely like dual identity that you kind of straddle and i guess because my my particular family we're two generations in being here i i suppose i relate to the nigerian side more but obviously for african americans they're you know the the generation of theirs that came to the states is obviously a few generations back so maybe that you know so their connection with that isn't isn't as strong so that's why they identify as african-american or just black some 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 guys just want to just say they're black so yeah it's a it's a funny it's a funny thing because it's not like we're we don't want to talk about it it's not like we don't want to share or, or whatever but it's kind of i feel to me like it feels like the context in which it comes up because for example, I was in a taxi um, recently with with a, a friend and we were just heading to this kind of like weekend course and the driver I think was like, oh gosh, I can't remember that he had an accent. So you could tell he wasn't, you know, UK born. And so but we were, she was just, the person I was in the car with. she was kind of just chatting with him. And then at one point she asked where he was from. And I just kind of felt uncomfortable because they were just chatting about just life and stuff. And then suddenly it felt like he got othered and she was asking from a nice place she wasn't trying to other him but it was just like what has
1: what really has that got to do with you connecting with this yeah guy? yeah it's like there's so much more that you could connect on rather than just excluding him because you think that on the basis of where he's from that you guys have nothing in common
2: yeah i mean i, I guess it's an easy topic of conversation as well if you feel like it's getting to like social awkwardness and you're running out of things to say. It's like, oh, he's got an accent, where are you from? (laughs) You know, it's an easy easy out, but I don't know. It was just something that occurred to me and obviously it's up for interpretation.
3: Auntie, I wanted to ask about your new book, which is about three women of different age groups And I wonder how much does like them being black women influence the book? Because when I read the blurb, I immediately thought of like sex in the city, something along those kind of lines. And I thought, Oh, how many shows do I know like that, that feature black women? I mean, it's, it's who they are, but the book is not about their blackness. And
2: that's not to say that it doesn't sort of get mentioned or the type of humor that they have isn't, isn't rooted in their cultural backgrounds or anything like that. But I feel like one thing that I sort of get fatigued by in terms of diversity and stuff like that is that sometimes it feels like there's a very narrow conduit through which black stories can be told and it's rooted in pain. And so um, I, and whereas there's a load of uh, us black folks who are just living life, that's not how our life is dictated. You know, there's sto- certain stories that you see time and time again in TV and film. And it's just like, I don't, I don't recognize any of that not to say not to deny its existence um but I, I that's not my life so i just wanted to just write about women that are having a life that i kind of recognize so they're all and that is not to um devalue those other stories that are told but i think if for true diversity we've got to have a diversity of stories in terms of how we're represented as a as a group because we're not one thing are we so so these women are kind of slightly bougie you know (laughs) they like to they like to go out and drink wine and have cocktails and they're a little bit raucous and rowdy some nights and they hang out together all the time and they like to cook and they want to date and they date a range of guys different types of guys and you know so I just was trying to it wasn't the objective but in writing it I wanted to broaden people's perspectives of who we are. Because I think we can sometimes box ourselves in a little bit by trying to by defining black culture for ourselves. And I think that's a fallout of just how how we've been sort of regarded generally. So so I think we're we're now in this space where we can start to redefine or or expand what that means. And so that's that's what these women are is is for me is like a bit of a okay, well, this is this is what being black, being a black woman looks like in this
1: corner of the world. And then someone else will write a book and that's what it will look like from their corner of the world. It was really interesting, actually, because one of the things that we talk a lot about on the podcast is obviously dating and relationships, Mm -hmm. but also the diversity of our experiences as three black women that are, you know, were or have been dating in relationships, out of relationships. And it kind of felt just like, as you said, just a regular story about three women just trying to live their lives as opposed to, um, Mm. you know, big trauma, dramatic uh kind of stories that you feel as you said mm. kind of shrouding them in in trauma and I'm just wondering because I also watched your vlog where you kind of talk about uh this idea of people wanting unconditional love and actually it's really good to create boundaries in relationships and expect other people to have boundaries and so I'm just wondering how much of your personal experiences in dating <laughs> um kind of filtered into the book is oh, there, any, boy. Are there any stories that are yours <laughs> there's so much to <laughs>
2: Um, I think the biggest one, I don't know how much of, you know, I I mean, I don't expect you to have read the book because it's a lot of pages and words and that, but, um, there, I don't know if you're familiar with the tarot incident at the beginning. So basically one of the characters, she has just broken up with somebody and, um, her, you know, Megan, who's like one of the trio, she rushes to her side and she's like, what what happened? And she's like, I had a tarot lady round and she, (laughs) she... (laughs) See, it already sounds ridiculous. She's like... And I asked her if Oscar, who's the guy that she broke up with, I asked if Oscar wanted um, children and she said he didn't. So we broke up. <laughs> and that happened. Was that you? That was me. But if I if I can qualify this before I sound like a complete <laughs> lunatic. So what happened was... This is how all stories start, is it? Like, they sound, they're going to be like bullshit. Like, what happened was, yeah... <laughs> So so I yeah, so I had the, so it was more of a social thing, right? So I used to get some girlfriends to come round and we'd have some wine and food and stuff and then we'd have these readings. It was all very light and lovely. And um so this one time though, because me and the, the person I was with, we were kind of in this question about what next do we want children? And I was starting to feel like, having not wanted children or not really been sure about it for a really long time, I was starting to feel like, oh, I think this is this might be what I want in my life. But he was very resistant and he'd never expressed it, but he kind of you know you, you you can pick certain things up anyway so i was the, the tarot lady came round. it was that this night was arranged and so i asked her and she's then that's when she said oh you know i can't see any anything on the cards he just doesn't look like he, he wants children so i could then i confronted him with it so it wasn't like i, was I went did you, you, did you know me? i didn't like him? speed dialing from that moment <laughs> I and just go babe bad news that's what i thought <laughs> You know what it reminded me of? Have
4: you guys seen? Have you guys caught up on um girlfriends? Because there's like a scene where um William gets advice from like this random man on the road who who pretends to be a sidekick. <laughs> so that's what it reminded me of. So I thought you was gonna say that you spoke to him and like he actually did want to have kids and he's really got kids. So I'm I'm, ha- I'm glad you actually spoke to him.
2: Yeah, yeah, we had it. So I so I just took that to him as a um you know this is this is what came up. I didn't say to him she said this and blah blah blah. I said look, you know. Uh, interesting thing came up last night babes (laughs) you know and and i told him what she said and he was like no she's right wow yeah and so given that i had just come to this realization that i wanted kids i was like so where do we go from there and we did try and look at like okay because he's got some i don't want to go into his business but like he had some issues around like you know being parenthood and stuff and he but he didn't want to go there he didn't want to explore it and it's just like this feels like a dead end then What do we, what do we do from here? So, so that was why that was it rather than, you know, because Mystic Meg told me to do it. It was more like. (laughs) I'm not gonna
1: lie. I have been to a Miss Cleo who has told me to break up with someone and I did break up with them. I've actually been in that exact same situation. So it's not so uncommon. (laughs) But she was so adamant about it. Like I literally just went kind of on a whim. One of my friends was going. I went to go and see her, and she's actually a a Yoruba priestess, and we were sitting in her living room, and she said, she literally said to me, oh, you know that in order to, what did she say? She said, you know that if you want to make space in your life for something, you need to get rid of other things, right? And I was like, okay. This is the first time I've ever meeting this woman, and she was like, so you know you need to break up with the guy that you're currently seeing to make room in your life for new love. And I was like, really? And, you know, he's also cheating on you. But did you find out in the end that you made the right decision? Yes. Yeah. You all know him. You've met him before. Okay. She, w- wow. she was literally telling me yeah. what I already knew. But the fact that she yeah. didn't know me and the fact that she literally was meeting me for the first time and could pick up all of this stuff based on my energy or whatever it is. I don't know what, what her approach to clairvoyance is. But, yeah. So I was like, all right,
3: cool. This is a clear-cut sign, <laughs> That I need to let this shit go. One of the things about your book that I found really intriguing is, um, well, the three women are all from different age groups. So that's obviously done on purpose. Yeah,
2: all three. De- absolutely. So I mean, in in fact, the the actual age span is something like thirteen years, something like that. Because uh, yeah, the oldest one is late uh, early forties, and the youngest one is late twenties. So the span's not not huge. But, for, well, there's two, there's two things. One is that um, they're kind of all a little bit of a reflection of me. So the youngest one, I was very, you know, I thought it was going to be married by 21, kids by 25, bought a house by 30, got it all figured out you know a couple of labradors whatever and um then the older one uh, sorry the middle one she just desperately just wants to be in love and i definitely went through a phase of that just 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 wanted almost like addicted to the experience of being in love and then the older one is kind of more boxed in she's compartmentalized everything compartmentalized her love life and and squared that away kind of thing dusty corner in the back of her mind i think i I called it and that was me for a while as well Of just like it's just not worth it i've got good friends lovely family i love my job (laughs) let me just let that be it (laughs) and not bother with this trifling matter of like relationships or whatever so so that's why the three ages and also i've got quite a few friends that are you know like late 20s early 30s and stuff like that so i don't see why people i mean for the most part i guess people do stick to their own age group but a lot of people don't so i was thinking it's really nice to just have that spread of ages
1: yeah i was gonna say actually i mean there is uh at least a 10 year gap between myself and who's younger between the two of you
3: Shan. it lives is younger right (laughs) no you always say this but i'm older (laughs) I know I seem like a baby, but I am older than Roshan, okay? Rashan is the baby. I know. I feel like you are a baby, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: but, but yeah, I think our experiences in dating, as a result of our age, are actually quite different. And kind of, I mean, I learn things from
3: them all the time, and i hopefully they learn mm. things from me, what to avoid so in life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a cut off age in terms of um the youngest you would date and the oldest you would date? The youngest I've ever dated is
1: somebody who was 28 and I was 36. Um that didn't work Ooh, girl. out very well.
3: Get, your <laughs> Get your toy boy, boy honey.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then now, actually, most recently, I've started dating someone who's 50, and that's equally as interesting because I feel like I'm quite a young, an old woman in a young woman's body. Mm-hmm. Whereas How I think. You're, you're very wise. <laughs> whereas I feel like he's a young man in an old man's body. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> actually, right before I left the UK, I was dating someone who was even older, he was 53. And I was like, no, this is too old. He started telling me about his like, diabetes and his knee. And he was like, by the way, <laughs> I have high blood pressure. I was like, no, I can't. I can't be anybody's nurse today. I cannot. <laughs> my guy started
3: talking to you about what walking sticks he wants to get there. <laughs> uh, he said, like, look, we can't try to be crazy in the bedroom. It's like, I have blood pressure. And I'm just letting you know. <laughs>
4: guys this podcast
1: is what about you guys have you guys ever dated anyone that was much younger than or much younger or much older for that matter
4: there was this guy that went to my church yeah and he was really good friends with my cousin like really really good friends so my auntie he would call his auntie do you know what i mean they're that like friend that's like your your relative oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like that right. so i knew i've known him for ages i never really spoke to him and then um I had like a barbecue one year and he came to the barbecue as like my cousin's plus one and um, I didn't really pay attention to him and then like a few weeks later I went to my, uh, my cousin's barbecue and then he was there and he was talking to me, oh my gosh guys this is actually traumatic, he was talking to me, about, <laughs> he, he was showing me like, he was showing me this like website he had and he was like he's got this charity, to help children with me, he was talking to me about like how he's got, like he plays football. He got a first at uni. He was telling me all these great things. I just thought, oh, like this guy seems like a cool guy. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, mm. after a few months, I was on a church hike, yeah, with my cousin's girlfriend. And I was like, oh, I guess who I'm talking to? Because my cousin didn't know I was talking to him. And she's like, who? And I'm like, X, Y, Z. And she's like, oh, I didn't know he liked the younger guy. <laughs> I said, do like, you do know he's, at the time, I was 21. And I thought he was 24. And he was like, Oh, you do know he's eighteen, right? I said oh. he was like, Yeah, he's eighteen. I said, Okay, cool. but my cousin didn't know. So, like later on, I was talking to my cousin and he's like, I'm not getting involved, I'm not getting involved, but he always calls he always goes out of older girls and they always think he's a lot older than he is. So I called him later on and I was like, How old are you? And I put him on last week my cousin <laughs> and he was like
1: twenty-seven. <gasps> <Stop> it. <laughs>
4: Liar. and when I unpacked everything, I realized yeah, the whole entire it wasn't a relationship, but the whole entire situation was a complete lie because he couldn't have got to uni. So, how would he have got the first? He didn't have a license, and all the when he called <laughs> me, I was like, No, let me tell you how deep this guy is. Yes, yeah. so he called me, and he was like, <laughs> I called him, and he was like, Oh, I'm just driving to Lucia, I can't talk like that. Oh my God. <laughs> And there was just so much stuff to about I was just like, wow. They was it was it was, such, it was in such a deep rabbit hole, yeah, that I wasn't even angry. Like I actually thought to myself, you need psychological help He has and issues I him, and I said, you know what, I said, hi, just so you know, I'm very aware of your real age, but I just wanna let you know like this is not this is not happening and I hope you seek help because you need it and <laughs> I him, oh. and then I imagine he was in carnival and I saw him and my best friend started shouting at him, blah! <laughs> She was like, I saw him a few years, years on. when he's now approaching twenty one and it's yeah, still not even twenty
1: four. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's, that's
4: a whole different level of lying. I don't understand.
1: That's hilarious. I don't
4: actually don't You actually got <laughs> catfish so cool. without getting catfish.
1: Like that's a, I feel like that's a variation of catfishing. <laughs>
4: My best friend was just in such shock, shock and despair. And, like, imagine it's carnival. You can just see some random girl shouting at this boy, laughing, saying, You're a liar, you're a liar. Like, everyone was just looking. But, yeah, so when you ask that question, it was very triggering to that experience. And as a result,
3: I don't date people that are younger than my age. Yeah, and no, I don't think I can imagine dating someone younger. I'm not going to lie. I just think boys in general are quite immature. So, um, to date one younger, can't really see that happening. I have dated older before, which is usually fine. But there was this one time I was dating a guy and he was probably like six years older. And I did feel a bit like, I don't know, like there just wasn't any connection. Like, you know, it's like we don't even watch the same TV shows. Like, we don't get the same references. Like, and you, just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a bit like, <laughs> this is not going anywhere. Like, if I introduce you to my friends, like, be a bit, be actually like, why'd you bring your uncle kind of vibe, you know? <laughs> like... So, <laughs> I think there's like a good middle ground you need to get with guys, especially because they are quite immature by nature. So, thanks so much for listening, guys.
1: Don't forget to listen, share, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them from. On Facebook and Twitter, we're Dope Black Women, and on Instagram, we are Dope Black Women One. We will be back with you next week. Until then, stay blessed and unapologetically black.
3: All the way black. Blacky, black, black <laughs> Hey. <laughs>